Did you know that if your website is running too slowly, it can cause higher bounce rates, lower search engine rankings, lower page view numbers, and lower conversion rates? To put it simply, a slow website means lower profits. In fact, if your site is delayed by more than one second, it could literally be costing you thousands of dollars a year. But don't worry, I have an answer for you. WPX Hosting. WPX Hosting has some of the fastest website hosting on the planet with lightning quick servers, 24-7 support that is available in less than 37 seconds when you need them, blazing fast load speeds, and even a free high-speed content delivery network or a CDN. But that is not the best part. Even if you are on another web host, WPX Hosting will work with you for free to migrate your site in less than one day. Along with automatic backups, malware scanning and removal, email, staging areas, and 99.95% uptime guarantees, WPX is the exclusive web host for the Blogger Evolution podcast. Our friends over at WPX Hosting want you to join the family as well. For a limited time, you can enjoy a 50% discount on the first month of hosting, meaning you can make your website faster for less than $13. Visit bloggerevolution.com hosting for your 50% coupon. That's bloggerevolution.com hosting. Remember, a fast website means higher profits. But they have people out here who are making full-time incomes with just a few hundred people following them. With the Benji's Dad YouTube channel, I was making a full-time income before I even had, I think around 3,500 to 4,000 subscribers. You don't need that many people. Regular people are taking their passions and interests writing about it in a blog and making a living from it. But not everyone is successful. There is a right way to build a blog and a wrong way. And I am here to help you succeed with your online business. My name is Chris Miles, and this is the Blogger Evolution Podcast. Oh, and welcome to the Blogger Evolution Podcast. My name is Chris Miles, wherever you are, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your day. All right, so there's one thing that I hate. Well, there's a couple of things that I hate, <laughs> but hate is a strong word, but I'm going to be honest, when it comes to these two things, it kind of, you know, if I channel my inner Peter Griffin, it really grinds my gears. And I hate it when people try to tell me how to raise my kid. I also hate it when people try to tell me what I need to do in a relationship. As if these people never heard of, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. You know, rules are made to be broken. Just because it worked for you doesn't mean it's going to work for me. Now, I'm not saying that you need to be completely closed minded. People are going to give you suggestions. It's just you need to find yourself. Where do you want to take those suggestions? You can take one of the two extremes, right? The first extreme would be taking every suggestion that anyone ever gives you and completely modeling your life after what they tell you needs to happen. That's probably not the best option. But then let's look on the other side. The other side is listening to people's suggestions and just completely tuning them out and thinking, you know what? They're crazy. Usually the best answer for this is to be somewhere in the middle. Take the suggestions that we get. Take the suggestions that we are, you know, sometimes we don't even ask for it. Most times we probably don't ask for it. Take these suggestions, you know, look at them humbly and try to understand, okay, maybe a little bit of this is true. 
let me kind of pick and choose what I need, what I think can be great for my particular situation, for my family, for my relationship, for my kids, and then go from there. You see, I'm a very left-brained type person, right? I mean, two plus two needs to equal four. I'm glad that that always works. So sometimes trying to find that middle ground is tough even for me. But this is especially true when it comes to online business. Now, sometimes I'll hire a coach maybe to help me with a specific aspect of blogging or a specific aspect of running an online business or something. And I know that what they're doing is working. So then I might, you know, what they call hack, or what they call funnel hack them, figure out what's going on in their business, and then try to model mine as closely as I can to them, because I know it works. But that doesn't always work, especially when you follow it to the T, which is what I'm definitely guilty of. Now, granted, it's best to look at these situations and think, what are the best practices that they are putting forth Picking and choosing, figuring out what works for my audience, what works for my business, and then moving forward from there. Notice we're not on the two extremes. We're not being completely closed-minded, but we're also not taking every single thing that people say. We're trying to get as much information as we can, but then model it to our business. And the reason for that is because, again, rules are made to be broken. There's no you know, exact method that's going to work for you to get your online blog running. You can take every suggestion that I ever give you. You can take every suggestion that you might see on a YouTube video, you might get from another course or whatever, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So because of that, I have a few things that I want to get off my chest. I want to talk about three blogging rules that I break and I break them pretty consistently. (laughs) And If this is helpful for you and you're watching this on YouTube, please let me know down in the comments. What are some things that you break that's that goes against the traditional way of doing things, but it works for you? Let me know. Anyway, let's go ahead and jump right into this. These are going to be the three blogging rules that I break. And number three is probably going to blow your mind. Just going to be honest. And I might even have an extra bonus one at the very end. But it depends on what time's looking like. So we'll see. So number one, the number one blogging rule that I break all the time is updating content regularly. And you can even uh, put uh, posting regularly as well. Almost every content creation course you might take is going to tell you that you need to constantly update your content. You need to constantly post your content. I'm talking about posting every single day sometimes. Now, there are some places that do require that type of commitment. If you're posting on Instagram, you're going to have to post every day. If you're posting on TikTok, you're going to have to post pretty regularly. If you're posting on a place like a podcast or a YouTube channel, you might be able to take a few breaks, but especially when it comes to blogs. You know, the only time that I really update old content, the only time is when I acquire a site and I need to do some type of audit on the content that already exists. I like to bring all of those, you know, those that content to a level of which I would produce. And usually that, you know, ends up helping with the rankings for that content. 
But that's really the only time I go back. When I post new content now, I don't look at it again for about four months just to see how it's performing. Maybe make a tweak here or there just to try to, you know, uh, maybe tr change the title. Maybe add a couple of sections just to make it a little more beefier. But I'm talking a year down the line. I'm, I'm not even thinking about it. And it's because it's not 100% necessary. And a lot of it does come down to the keyword research that I do. I try to create content that is evergreen, that is going to be true today. It's going to be true next week. It's going to be true next year. It's going to be true five years from now. Now, I understand things change, but principles don't. The way that to play piano hasn't changed in the last 500 years. It's still the same thing. And we are when we are creating content for Google, for our blogs, we want to create evergreen content, content that is just going to stand the test of time. Because when I post something and it's on page number one, I want it to be on page number one for years. Not just a few days, not just a few weeks, years. And I've worked with a few people who have even broken that rule, you know, where uh, they don't they go after maybe very hype topics that people are talking about right now. And that's good. It gives you a nice little boost in traffic if you can, you know, compete with the news organizations. But if you get some of that traffic, everything's great. You're getting traffic. But it's going to be short-lived because there's going to be another update. And it's going to be another thing that needs to be updated. <coughs> so why get on the treadmill? That's the whole reason why I can't stand a lot of social networks in the first place is because it's an endless treadmill of creating content that's never going to stop. You know, I have blogs that I posted content on, what, four or five years ago that I haven't touched and is still ranking number one, still getting ad revenue, still getting affiliate revenue. It all starts with the keyword research. So I'm not always posting content regularly. I'm not always updating content regularly because... I post evergreen content. So the next thing, the next blogging rule that I break, I mean, everyone tells you you need to do this. And that is stay in a very tight and confined niche. Now, back in the day, when I say back in the day, I mean, just a few years ago with blogging, it actually was kind of you know recommended that you talk about a lot of topics. But nowadays, it's about being as tight as you can. But I still don't like that. I still buck that trend. And I do so by the way in which I name my domain and then how I create content from then on. So, for example, if I'm going to start a site on dumbbells, I'm not going to go, you know, best dumbbell, dumb, dumbbell, best dumbbell reviews.com or dumbbellboss.com or, you know, something crazy like that. I'm going to start a site on fitness. But I'm just going to talk about dumbbells early on. Same thing with maybe if I want to start a site on lawnmowers or cutting the lawn. Yeah, could I, an entire site be built on that? Yes. But I'm going to eventually run out of topic ideas. Unless I start to venture out, at which point, if I had a domain name that just had outdoors in the title, then there's so many other things that I can talk about and just 
create that topical authority in whatever space that I'm writing about right then and there. Start with a broad name for your domain and then create niche content from there. If I'm gonna start a site or I wanna talk about and make money with a site on hats, I'm not gonna start a site just on hats. I'm gonna start a domain name that talks about clothing or fashion even. That way I can talk about everything under the sun when it comes to that topic. So yeah, I'm still staying niche, but I'm not creating a micro niche site anymore. That's very 2014. I'm trying to build topical authority in spaces under the large umbrella of the niche that I'm creating. That's how I buck the trend. And instead of saying staying really tight with a niche, I branch out so that I can have a thousand article ideas. So I can have 2000 article ideas. I don't know. And the big reason for that is I just don't want to run out of topics to write about. With the new way in which a lot of people are going after informational content, that's the way we need to be going right now. I'm not saying that you completely ignore affiliate content. I think there's always going to be a place there. But those top of funnel type questions, not a lot of people are going after them. And even now, if you watch a lot of uh, YouTube videos, content, uh, podcasts, people are saying that they're going after these low competition question type keywords that are top of funnel type keywords. But even then, there's not that many of us doing it. There is still a lot of people going really, really heavy with affiliate marketing, going really, really heavy with other types of content that don't go after the low competition questions. So that's the second way in which I break the rule, you know, and just because it works for me doesn't mean it will work for you. I just want you to see, un see and understand that there's more than one way to skin a cat. Rules are made to be broken. If it works, it works. As long as you just keep in mind what the principles of what it is we're trying to do is, keep the principle of understanding that we want to create content and we want this content to be helpful. If you work by that principle, it doesn't matter the way in which you get there as long as the principle is being adhered to. Now, speaking of which, Blogging has always been a real close place in my heart because because of what it's done, I've been able to do things such as quit my job, watch my son grow up every single day. But truly succeeding at blogging, you know, it does take time and it does take patience. But one ninja trick that I do like to use that helps cut down on that time is our sponsor, SerpNames.com. Now, SerpNames.com is a premium marketplace to find aged domains. Define a clean and vetted age domain. It's going to help you in a few ways. One, it's going to help you skip the Google sandbox period. It's going to help save thousands of dollars, and I mean thousands of dollars, in link building. And you can rank for highly competitive keywords with a fraction of the time and of the budget. So let's let SERPnames.com and their constantly growing inventory of vetted age domains, take the guesswork out of the due diligence process so that you can spend more time doing things that you want to do. So what would you do with that extra time? For me, that's simply just kicking back and spending more time with the family. Now, the Blogger Evolution Podcast has partnered with SerpNames.com to get you a 15% discount by using the promo code EVOLUTION at checkout. 
And that's good for any age domain that you purchase on the SerpNames.com marketplace. So please support our sponsors and go to SerpNames.com. Sign up for a free account. It's 100% free to sign up. Browse through their perfect age domain list and uh, all those perfectly vetted domains and use promo code EVOLUTION at checkout if you decide to go with one for an additional 15% off discount on your purchase. So that's serpentnames.com. So now let's go back. And so far we were talking about a, a rule that I break. The first one was I don't update content regularly. Maybe I should, but you know what? It's been working for me so far. I might revisit it in the future, but right now I'm just not doing it. And then number two, I'm not staying in super tight niches, especially when I start a new site. Now the number three blogging rule that I break. And I remember, remember I told you this one was going to blow your mind is I do not post the best content on the web. Oh my goodness. I just said it right. I don't go out there trying to find the greatest piece of content ever. Now, a lot of people is going to tell you that's what you need to do. It needs to be the best content for that particular topic. That's true. But I kind of take it a different way. So for an example, if I am going for a keyword and I'm looking at the search engine results page on Google and I see the number one ranking site has 300 words, do I really need to create content that's 3,000 words when probably 800 to 1,000 can do it? No, exactly. That's the whole point. I'm not going to waste you know, days, maybe even weeks writing a 3,000 plus word post when an 800 word post can do the trick. Now I get it. Sometimes the reason for that is you want to create a, a quote unquote, a moat between you and other content creators when they are doing their research. Because believe me, if someone came through, saw the number one result and saw, oh man, that's 3,000 words. Yeah, I'm going to go for another keyword. That's a way that it can deter people in the future. So I might not necessarily go for the home run, getting 3,000 words, if a 1,000 can do it. Will it be the best content for a 1,000 words? Yeah. <laughs> for that many words that I decide that this content needs to be, it's going to be good. Is it going to be the best? Do I need to waste time? Because there is what's called a point of diminishing returns. At what point is this blog post too long? Are you actually being helpful at that point? Is it the best content on the web? There is a point where you just need to understand that, okay, I'm going to create this many words because I know this can beat it. Now, the best way to do this is you have to be able to learn the art of scanning the SERPs in Google. Scanning, when I say SERP, I mean the search engine results page. Being able to Google a phrase, look at what Google is spitting out to you, and then understanding and making a clear and decisive decision as to what kind of content is going to win. Now, I've done this, I'm sure, tens of thousands of times, but you do start to get a feel. And no one, <clears throat> excuse me, no one actually just has this feel. It's something that you just get over time. When I have new students coming through Blog Builder Pro, it's tough for them to Google a phrase and just figure out, okay, can I rank for this? And that's perfectly okay. When I can look at it and probably within three to five seconds, I know what needs to be done and how to get on the first page for that term or if I should even waste my time writing the article. 
the only way to really get good at that is just to take a chance, take the best practices and just do it. One thing that I like to do specifically is when I see content out there that might be, I don't know, let's just say 1500 words. And I want to go after it because maybe my site has more authority. Maybe I think I could do a better job or whatever. I'm going to do something very specific. I'm going to write similar content that goes through it. Look for a unique angle. Maybe do some extra research. Maybe go out there, jump on the phone, interview some people, get some real life data. Include that into my post. Add about 10 to 15 percent more content. So if it's a 1500 word post, I might do a 1700 to 2000 word post. And then I'm going to be very, very specific in what it is I'm talking about with that particular uh, uh, title. Just so I can be a little bit more intriguing than the other content on the first page. I might even ask, uh, add a frequently asked question or something like that from people also ask, you know, something to try to add a little more beefiness, a little more usefulness for someone who's going to land on that content. That way, it again may not be the best content in the world, but it's good enough to beat what's already there. And hopefully my site has enough authority and it's a long enough article to where it would deter someone else who might come after me later. So that's point number three. I don't post the best content on the web. Now, remember, I told you I had a bonus for you. Here's the bonus. All right. The number four thing, the uh, blogging rule that I break. Is there's this thing out there that says more traffic equals more money. Is that true from a numbers perspective? Yes. Do I do that? Not always. Sometimes with a particular niche, there's only so much traffic you can get with it. If I were to start a site in the fitness space, yeah, you can get that up to a few hundred thousand or more page views in a single month. But if I was in something super small, like, I don't know, board games, uh, not even, not even, maybe even more niche than that, you know, you might only be able to get to 50, 100,000 or so page views. Again, that's being too tight, but that's a whole nother argument that we already had. But anyway, usually when people are trying to make more money with a the blog, they always just say, oh, you just need to add more content. That's not always the case, because sometimes you can take more advantage of the content and traffic that you are already getting. There is a thing out there that's called CRO. That's conversion rate optimization. If you already have a decent amount of people coming to your site, and when I say decent, I mean probably at least 10,000 or so, you have enough information or access, I should say, to enough information to figure out what you have to do next. As in, you can do something like poll your audience, figure out what it is that they want, what it is that they need, ask them simple questions. You can ask them questions by, hopefully you're getting them on an email list, or you can use one of these cool plugins that will show up a quiz. And just ask them, hey, where are you in life? What struggles do you have? Do you own this? Like if it's a niche site, do you own this? Do you ever buy stuff for it? What other stuff do you buy? Getting insightful information like that will give you more information on what you can continue to present to them, not just to sell it to them, 
but to solve a problem. Again, that's the principle we want to take here. So it's not always the answer, oh, just get more traffic. That's helpful. And it's a numbers game when you play like that. But they have people out here who are making full-time incomes with just a few hundred people following them. With the Benji's Dad YouTube channel, I was making a full-time income before I even had, I think, around 3,500 to 4,000 subscribers. You don't need that many people. You start to invoke the Kevin Kelly thousand true fans theory. For those of you not familiar, uh, let's see if I can explain it. <laughs> but the uh, you only need a thousand people and a way to make a hundred bucks off of a thousand people, whether that's uh, um, helping them, you know, get out of a jam, maybe with an online course or maybe an affiliate product where you get the information back and you can get some, um, maybe not information, but be able to get income from a thousand people, a hundred bucks. That's a six-figure income. And when you think about the sheer number of people, like I believe YouTube has around two, two and a half billion active users per month. And you're telling me you only need to make a hundred bucks off a thousand of them. All of a sudden, that number starts to kind of blow your mind, right? But the whole point here is make sure that you are taking advantage of the, the traffic that you already have. Find a way to monetize it better. Did you know, um, and I believe you talked about this in the previous episode with Nathan Gotch. If you haven't checked that out, be sure to go check out that episode. It didn't do well on YouTube for whatever reason, but it's some good stuff in it. So if you haven't checked it out, be sure to go check that out. I think it's episode 42. But one thing that he mentioned is that 98 or so percent of the people who come to your website, you'll never see again. Never. They'll, they'll, they'll never even probably not even think of you again. Because there's just so many other distractions out there. So you need to find a way to just monetize just a little bit more of them. You're already getting the traffic. Find a way to make more money with it. So once you've polled the audience, once you figure out what it is that they want, find an affiliate program that they can continue buying from and then you can make some money with. And again, if you can make 100 bucks off of it, you only need 1,000 people, $100,000. Or, you know, if you're able to find a $50 product, you just need a couple thousand people to make it to make a purchase where you get 50 bucks in a year's time to make a six figure income. The numbers work out when you go after the traffic that you already have. So think about the traffic that you're getting. What does that audience want? Put yourself in their shoes. You want to what they call the the ICA, the ideal customer avatar. What kind of person would love your site? That's who you want to be able to create content for because they are going to be the ones who are going to eventually become fans of yours if they subscribe to your email list. <coughs> Excuse me. But the chances of them you know, coming back every single time, it's going to be slim unless you find a way to either monetize them immediately or grab their email address. So try your best to make more money with the traffic you already have. Sometimes making a simple tweak as adding a, a comparison chart on the top of a blog post can exponentially raise your income just that quick. So those are the three plus the bonus blogging rules that I break. Number one was updating content regularly or posting regularly, sticking to a tight niche, uh, posting the best content on the web and always understanding or thinking that more traffic equals more money. I break those things routinely. Now, granted, that's what works for me. 
That's the first thing we talked about when we first started this episode. That's what works for me. But the point I'm trying to get you to understand is do what works for you. Do what's going to get you the maximum amount of money. Do what's going to uh, uh, solve the problem that you want to solve and then find a way to monetize it. That's it. That's it. So uh, if you haven't already, please, please, if you got any value out of this episode or were entertained by it at all, please uh, uh, hit the like button, whatever, or leave a comment down below. Um, maybe on if you're on uh, listening to this on an Apple device, please go to Apple and leave a review. It uh, I don't even know if that really helps or not, but uh, it seems cool. It'll make me feel good, you know? <laughs> so anyways... Thanks so much for watching. Um, I really do appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, always remember, uh, do something now that your future self will thank you for. And I'll catch you later. Peace.